At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Justin Rhodes of Abundant Permaculture to talk about his experience with permaculture and chickens. Justin is the author and film producer at AbundantPermaculture.com, where he teaches folks how to live a more sustainable life by growing their own food and running their own business. Welcome to the show today, Justin. Hey, thanks. No problem. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Well, shoot, it's a, it's a real long story, but I'll, you know, I'll try to make it as short as possible. And then you can ask if you want me to dig deep on, on any of that section. But to get to where I was today, you know, like anybody who maybe gets into a health mode where they start eating more healthy, yep. that happened to me years ago, years ago. And that's, that's where my journey to permaculture began because we started by, you know, the classic get rid of conventional milk and get organic milk and mm-hmm. then, and then you, you, you go up the ladder. And then eventually we're eating paleo and it's, it's just a lot of meats and a lot of vegetables and, and, and that's the stuff that's expensive oh, yeah. in the store. Yep. And so then we're looking at this at our grocery bill and we're on a farm property that's in my family that I have access to and we're thinking, okay, we're spending crazy amounts of money on groceries but wait a minute, especially when we started transitioning to paleo, because mm-hmm. uh, before that we were just eating organic junk food. But then, <laughs> right? then we started eating more whole foods and then more meats and whatnot. And so, and then we're looking at, our, at that and we're saying, okay, this is very expensive, but wait a minute. This is broccoli. This is collards. This is, this is a beef. Uh-huh. This is a chicken. Right. Wait a minute. This is stuff I could easily grow on my farm. Uh-huh. You know, you can't grow pasta. I mean, I guess you could grow the wheat and then right. and then grind it down. Then be hard to, you know, you can't grow these rice, these these grains or right. legumes at a big level that you need to to make it easy enough or convenient enough for you. But when you start eating that real straight up whole foods diet without gr- as many grains, it's it's very hopeful because then that's the stuff that's expensive in the store, but it's very possible to grow yourself. Right. So. And then, so then we're starting to grow our own food. It's a big struggle. This is a family farm, but my dad forsook the farm. and The land stayed, but the farm didn't. Uh-huh. And so I didn't know nothing, so I had to learn it all myself. And because I was in that more natural movement, we were able to stumble upon people like Elliot Coleman and Joel oh. Salatin and, yep. and, and these kinds of, of people, not necessarily hardcore permaculture, but 
more organic and natural at least. Oh yes. And so we started doing that and, and then I got Lyme disease and that was a big struggle because I began to have pain and struggle and was tired and depressed and, and, and had muscle pain and we didn't even know it was Lyme disease for a while. So we struggled with trying to figure it out for one, for a year and a half, spending loads of money on, on doctors and whatnot to try to figure out what the heck this was. And we finally figured it out and have tried everything under the sun and nothing's working, but it's, it's killing my farm because we had, we had not only started to grow our own food, but then we're like, okay, we're growing our own food. Well, how could we pay for this? It's not that hard. Like we had, if we want to grow our own beef, let's get one cow, right? right? That's all we need. But it's not that hard to get three more cows. Right. And have four. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's do that and sell the beef and that pays for that pays for the operation plus we got our food and so we were doing grass fed beef we had a C, we were doing a CSA garden uh-huh. uh, we were doing it man we were growing our own food and getting it paid for by selling the excess right right well then I got Lyme disease and so I have to slow down I physically significantly uh, have to our, slow down yeah the time money and energy yep. because time i have to take a nap during the day now i have to go t- 10 hours of sleep and then energy i just it's not there and money is we're spending it on on even healthier food not like pharmaceuticals but more like our herbal protocol at one time was like two thousand dollars a month okay? I, I, I'm gonna... and so then we said i've got to find a way to make this fire more efficient yes so that I don't need so much time, money, and energy. I gotta feel. I feel like these things ought to be connected, right? Right. And so I feel like you know we got the cow operation over here, and the chickens over here, and the garden here, and I've I pretty much axed it all, down to the very basics. But they should be connected. So friends showed me a video, on on uh, of Jeff Lawton. Oh yes. It was his farm tour in Zaytuna. It's on. It's up on YouTube. It's for free. Yep. Just the Zaytuna farm tour, Jeff Lawton, and. He toured that, he had his little baby on his back, and he, mm-hmm. and he walked around the farm. It kind of reminded me of me. I've always got a baby on my back. And uh, it was just an amazing farm, and everything was working together. Okay, and then there were some things there that he had already done the work on, and now was enjoying the fruit of it, but he didn't have to continually put in a bunch of labor. Right. So then I said, okay, i gotta, I got to have permaculture. And that's that's what Jeff Lawton was teaching. So... I said, I got to know more about this. So I just began to study up, you know, I just began mm-hmm. to get, absorb everything permaculture, permaculture voices podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, Jack Spierko. Yep. The books, the, the intro to permaculture book by Bill Molson. And then I caught Jeff Lawton's free videos, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him, but he puts oh, out I do. videos. Oh, I do. Absolutely. They're great for videos. For a section of time every yep. year. And they're just really cool. He just goes, sees really cool stuff around the world, right? And. I've, you know, I'd look forward to Friday night for when those videos would come out. Mm-hmm. And then he showed his video on the chicken tractor on steroids, which is <laughs> you know, feeding the chickens basically on compost. Oh, yes. And, and not only just cutting the feed bill with the chickens using compost, but create, putting the chickens in place, preparing the garden, the chickens preparing a future garden bed mm-hmm. while they're making compost in place. While they're cutting their food bill, and I'm like, "Got to okay, have more of I, this." I got to go learn from this yeah. guy. Yeah, he's the man in permaculture. I am transitioning from busting my butt physically on CSAs and grass-fed beef and this that homestead farm market thing uh-huh. 
I've got to have a career change. I'm not sure exactly what that'll look like, but I'm sure I have to learn under Jeff Fond. <laughs> so when we were doing the pre-talk for this podcast, I asked you if you'd done a permaculture design course and you told me yes. And I said, with who? And what you told me next, my response was, oh my gosh, that is a rock star move. So tell us about that. Yeah, so the the rock star part of it was the the extremity of it. One is you can't get any further away from where I am in North Carolina to go get your PDC in Australia. If you dug a hole to the earth from where I am and went all the way to the other side, you end up in Western Australia, okay? Yeah. And I believe he's on the east, but still, you'd be other in the, side of the, planet. the continent of Australia, okay? Yeah. And it was a big risk because we were spending more money than we had, and I said... I don't care. I've got to go learn this. We've got to have a career change. This is going to, there's going to be an answer here to our financial problem, at least. And we put it on a credit card uh-huh. and went and, and just was so determined to get an answer. Okay. And I knew I had to learn, you know, you, you see those videos. He's a go-to authority in mm-hmm. permaculture yeah. and I needed his name. I wanted his name. And listen, this, this is, this is it too. This is because I could have got, there's like PDCs in my area. We're in, we're in a very progressive hippie area, uh-huh. right? And near Asheville, North Carolina, right? It's the San Francisco, the East. And, uh, I could have gotten my PDC a hundred different places within a day's drive, maybe. Right. And so why there? Because I didn't see anybody else doing permaculture at a homestead level. Like, uh, right. you know, you see a lot of urban, you see a lot of, uh-huh. um, market garden stuff like like Joel and whatnot right but what about just the homestead okay and so he felt an education center because that's what I thought too you know maybe right. I'll go to the educational center route mm-hmm. well he's got cows he's got ducks he's got goats he's got he's got garden he's got the educational center he's uh-huh. got all the interns that's where I have to go, okay and unfortunately there's not one around here I <laughs> have to go all the way to Australia perfect. So I want to. I just want to um, float out there. You keep saying PDC. That is permaculture design course. And a permaculture design course, you went to a residential one. Yes. Where, where you actually went and stayed in Australia for what two weeks? Yes, two weeks. Wow. Tell us about that. Long flight. Uh, took two days, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a whole other time zone because you're there like fourteen hours in the future. Right. Go there, and they have they they have a bunch. There's 30 people in the class, uh-huh. and some of them, some others are from America. Oh, nice! There was like three or four, and then there was uh, three or four Europeans, and everybody else was from Australia. There was a good group of guys. I mean, and girls. We spent two weeks together. We we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. From, uh-huh. A lot of the food is from the farm, right? So that was fun. Now nice. it was winter there, uh, summer here, and um, so. We were eating stuff like potatoes and, and, and that kind of thing. We'd have the weekends off, and so we could go and, and go in town and, or, or see some of the sites in Australia. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was good experience, and it was good to knock it all out because with a PDC, you got to do 72 hours. You go through the book yep. by Bill Mullison, and uh, it's a huge book. And Jeff taught half the day, and he brought in a guest speaker for the other half the day. Nice. Just to mix it up, so you yeah. didn't have to hear Jeff all day long. Exactly. Yeah. So what? Tell me, your PDC, Permaculture Design Course. 
Yeah. For me, it was a life-changing event. Can you tell me about that for you? Yeah, it was certainly a life-changing event, but not necessarily how I thought. When I went there, I went with an open mind thinking, how is this going to change my life? I, I knew it would need to, uh -huh. okay? And, and I wasn't sure exactly, okay? So at the end of the PDC, when we all, what you do is you do an actual design yep. for a farm, uh -huh. okay? And you get a, they assigned us a portion of their undeveloped farm. And as a team, we went and developed it, and we put together a plan, and we did presentations. And so we did these presentations, and, and, and Jeff got up and talked, and he looked at us all, and he said, you guys know that, that each one of these is worth 13, at least $1,300. Uh-huh. Your time here, and I'm thinking, you're right. Yeah. And it is, and he, and he, and he talked about how you, you need to get, you, you have to get to a point where you're just fed up. You're just fed up with where you are, and, and you want to make a change, and you just got to jump. Uh -huh. And you just got to jump over, and you're not going to know all the answers, but you're just going to fight. You're going to fight as hard, as hard as you can until you make it. Uh -huh. Okay? And so it's just this real, like, motivational motivational thing, but it's also a reality check, like, wow, this is worth, so this is worth, I can see how this would be worth it for somebody. If I created this plan uh -huh. and they, and they paid me $1,300, well then they would have a plan and they would know exactly what to implement and right. where, yep. and they would save way more than $1,300. They would get more, way more than $1,300 in, value in return. Value. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, easily 10, tens of thousand dollars of value. From the design. So then it changed my, yeah. So then it changed my life because not, not, so one night some people put, put on this movie Permaculture Orchard. Okay. Uh -huh. Have you seen it? I have. It's, it's just a really good quality in teaching and in, and in video quality, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I remember I needed to get, I only had an hour window there at that evening that I could go and talk to my wife. So I only saw a little bit of that film, but knew I would just go home and buy it because it was so cool. Right. Uh, and I'd never seen like such a high quality edumentary, if you want to call it that, like uh -huh. an edu educational documentary, right? right edumentary. Exactly. Well, so I didn't know at the time, but that's what really changed me. But anyway, on the way home, I work out this whole plan about how I'm going to be, I'm going to be a consultant, right? I'm going to go be a P, uh, permaculture design consultant. Yep. Well, I get home, I talk to a local permaculture design consultant who's, who kind of became my buddy, and he kind of came out and did a, did a little bit of design on my property, and I told him my idea, and I had an idea to do a Kickstarter, and he's like, no, you don't need to do that. You just need, you just need a few tools, and you just need just get out there and do it. And, and something about that put the kibosh on it for me, and I was like, mm. no, I don't know. I don't, really, I don't think I want to be a permaculture designer. And I thought mm -hmm. about it deep in my heart, right. and I thought, I don't really work good one-on-one -on -one with people. I like, I like teaching groups. As weird as that may sound, I'd rather stand up in, in front of 300 people than to talk to one, one person. person. <laughs> I can get that. And like a one-on-one, -on -one, like pushing something on them like you know you know it's good what you're pushing on them but still i don't know what it is about it okay like i can't work a room like i can't work a social room okay <laughs> yeah. but I, I i like to i can speak in front of a camera and talk in front of a crowd okay so then i said okay we can't i, I don't want to do this so i said I, and and then some mentor of mine handed me a um the four-hour work week 
Oh, yes. By Tim Ferriss. Yep. Okay? It's yeah, oh, yeah. Book. I've read it. Yeah, so I had taken a break. I hadn't done business online since, like, early 2000, and so I was kind of out of that world. And so when I got this book, it really opened my eyes for all these amazing tools that are out there now online. Big time. His concept that changed my life was create an info product. A DVD with a with a book companion, yep. and I said, eventually, you know, I, I searched through all kinds of stuff I might do, uh, and I won't get into it, but finally landed on, what do I know best? Chickens. I've been doing chickens for 10 years. I've got my permaculture design certificate now. Uh-huh. I've been doing some crazy radical stuff myself with chickens. So, nice. you know, I've done, I've done Jeff Lawton's, uh, I fed my chickens on compost. Yep. I fed them on free range. All kinds of all kinds of adventurous stuff. My chickens plant my garden. I don't even plant seeds. Okay. Oh, nice. And so I said, okay, let's let's do chickens and let's create an info product. It's great. And I've you know I've done that before. You know I used to produce films in my other business way back. And so I said, let's I can do that. So abundantpermaculture.com, dot com. I I was checking out the website and you seem to emphasize chickens a lot. And you have a chicken ebook and a film on permaculture chickens on your website. How cool is that? Number one. Number two, why chickens? I, I went with chickens um, because I wanted to teach something, and that's that's what I was strongest at because I had the most experience there, and I was doing some right. really radical stuff with them. But yep. I also was um, I also know that chickens are a great gateway into sustainability. They oh, yes. were my first. I mean, it's, many times chickens come be, even before the garden. Uh-huh. Okay? And they can even be more forgiving because if you lose a, if you lose your whole flock, God forbid, mm-hmm. you can go to Craigslist and buy adult birds for $15. Yeah. You can't go to Craigslist and buy a cabbage that's almost ready to <laughs> yeah, exactly. fruit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So in some ways, you know, they're forgiving. They're small. They don't, they won't trample your children. They can be done in the urban, they can be done on the homestead, and they can be done on a large scale. Right. Nice. So tell us about your permaculture chicken uh, film. After I had the idea to do the film, mm-hmm. I also got, I had the concept from the four-hour work week was to validate it and, and test it before you go and produce it. And, and you know, I had found these, you know, listening to permaculture voices, I discovered Kickstarter, uh-huh. you know, hearing way back when, when Primal Pastures was on there talking about their Kickstarter, uh-huh. and then uh, and then the Permaculture Orchard guys talking about theirs, and I'm like, okay, let's do that, and um, we kickstarted. Long story, you know, got a book at the library on how to do a good Kickstarter, and read some articles, and and just, and long story short, we just did really well on Kickstarter, 138% funded, raised 35 grand. Nice. And the people spoke, you know, it was like, I was fully prepared to put it out there, or bust, bust my butt for the 30 days, trying to promote it, and then if uh-huh. it didn't work, I'd move on to the next project. <laughs> but the people spoke, and, and they wanted that project, so then, you know, wrote the, wrote the outline for it, and then ended up writing the ebook, which, which end up also being kind of the script for the film. So the ebook and the film go hand in hand, except sometimes like in the, you know, if I talk about a chicken coop in the film, for example, like one of my mobile chicken coops, uh-huh. that's all great and dandy to show it and show the features and stuff. But if somebody wants to build it, then they're going to go to the ebook and get the plans. Right. 
and go and build it. So it does make sense to have both. It's really good. And and that, like I said, the people spoke. We had the Kickstarter, and then we had a really good launch after the film came out. Okay, Justin, I'm on your website, AbundantPermaculture.com, and you have a great film, it looks like, about permaculture chickens. Tell us about it, please. Yeah, it's a film about how to raise chickens with nature. Uh-huh. From hatching to the place, so it covers everything. I mean, literally, give me one evening, two and a half hours, and I'll teach you everything you need to know for raising your own chickens. Nice. In fact, I'll teach you more than you need to know, <laughs> way more than just the basics. We're uh-huh. talking about cutting your feed costs 100%, do-it-yourself uh, mobile chicken coops and stuff like that, you know, working the chickens with the entire operation of your garden or farm, uh-huh. how, to, how to use chickens in the garden and stuff like that. Nice. But not just me, you know, I bring in... The big guns. I mean, the chicken rock stars. The Joel Salatin. Wow. Pat Foreman, Lisa Steele, Jim Atkins. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not, I'm not Mr. Know It All Chicken Man. So in the areas where I was weaker, like profiting with chickens, I brought in Joel Salatin. Uh-huh. Okay, he's the man there. Uh, with breeding chickens for 100% state of sustainability, I've been doing that. But who's a little bit, who's a lot better? Jim Atkins. Okay, oh, yes. so I brought him in for that, and then Lisa Steele for the herbal oh, uh, yeah. maintenance of chickens. Not a lot of people talking about using herbs with yep. the flock, but certainly growing your own meds if something does go wrong oh, is yeah. a good idea. Herbs for the chickens and for you, and then Pat Foreman. Just a great, great, great natural resource. She was more of our city flock. She uh-huh. wrote the book City Chicks, right? Uh, talking about how to raise uh, chickens in the city, even if it's illegal. So she talked. She, she was our person for that. Because I'm, I'm like the homestead level. Joel's yeah. like the commercial level, and Pat Foreman was like the city level. Nice. We actually had Lisa Steele on the show here a couple of months ago. Um, absolutely incredible what she talked about. Wow. That was an, a rock star moment for us. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. So abundantpermaculture.com top, right. Uh, there's, there's a button that says film permaculture chickens. And when I, when I go to that link, um, there's this beautiful footage back behind, um, and people can actually sign up for something. What do they get? Yeah, there they sign up for my free video series. They'll, it's like in total, and it's free. You just give your email address. You'll join my email list. You'll we'll talk about why chickens in one of the video, and that features Joel and Lisa and Pat. Uh-huh. And in the other video, I'll talk about how to get started with chickens in one weekend. And then the last video, I talk about do-it-yourself housing and cutting your feed costs 100%. Feed costs, yeah. And then the fourth video is my own story into ch- chickens, my tragedy to triumph story because it didn't start off great for me in chickens and and but it ended very well yeah and and then and then i give the people the opportunity if they want and they like what they've seen and and if you're on that landing if you're on that page there that permaculture chickens page Uh you can see it's really good quality film oh and they'll see that in the free videos and then if they want i'll give them the opportunity to buy the film Uh but there's no obligation of course and it's kind of like you know, you could try it a little bit before you buy it kind of thing. And, and you get a lot of good content out of just the free videos. So, yeah. Fantastic. So, all right, all right. I got a question for you. and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Top okay. three reasons why I should keep chickens in my yard. Eggs, meat, and poop. <laughs> nice. Nice. But people don't have to use them for meat, right? No. 
Lord, no, I would keep them without. I would keep chickens even if I didn't eat their eggs or meat. Yeah. And so the top three, the top three reasons for having chickens, if you don't even eat their goods, uh-huh. would be because they scratch all day oh, long. Yes. Uh-huh. So you could use them to till because they poop eight pounds a month. Oh my or, gosh! Yeah, eight pounds of manure a month. Wow! And it and it's so high in nitrogen. You don't need that much of it to uh, add to the compost pile. Right. Okay. To make to make a nice compost pile to balance out the carbon, right? Uh-huh. So that their their manure is higher in nitrogen, and then you need carbon, and so you don't need much of their manure uh, to the amount of carbon you need. So, and the third thing would be debugging. Oh yes, absolutely. The amount of bugs they'll eat are ridiculous, especially me with Lyme disease. They'll eat ticks too. So oh, yes. They keep me and my and my family. Uh, it's too late for me, but for the rest of my family, Lyme Lyme disease and pest free from the garden and right and our own comfort in yeah. our own yards. Fantastic. So I'm going to shift a little bit on you. I want to talk about a time you failed and how you overcame that failure. This is this is one thing that permaculture has taught me for sure, and it's. Turning a pro- you turn a problem into a solution. That's one oh, of the yes. principles, and yep. always searching for that. You know, one guy at the, at the permaculture design course taught me. You know, the the core of the pro- problem is the seed of the solution. Mm-hmm. And let me just give you an example of when I went to Australia. Okay, so I I, I was going to make the chores so easy on my wife. I just took the I took the chickens off their compost till job, which is a little more intense, mm-hmm. and I just put them out in this two and a half acre fenced in area where she didn't have to do anything but let them out and put them up. They were going to free range, right? They could get water out of the creek, etc. And so I abandoned the 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 till job and the compost job, right? And when I came back, it was a mess. Okay, they weren't even in there, but it there were weeds growing probably four feet tall and it was like uh-huh. oh no you know i'm gonna have to start all over with this but when i went in a little closer i saw tomato plants <laughs> i saw squash in that nice pumpkin yep kale garlic all the all this stuff right mm-hmm. and i said oh wait a minute and eventually i got to the point where uh, no 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 let's not bring the chickens back in there look what's growing here right screw that let this grow up Weeds and all, okay? Yeah. And then you see the end product of that in my film. That garden with nothing. I didn't even plant a seed, okay? Came back in hundreds of pounds of food. <laughs> okay? I never weeded or anything. And what happened, w- w- first it's like, oh, no moment, like a oh, mi- oh, mistake. Right. You know? Turned into like this fruitful, crazy production. And, and oh, no, the weeds, you know? Let the weeds grow because you know what would happen? Well, a lot of the weeds are edible, like uh, exactly. lamb quarter or whatever. Yep. Yep. And then what also happens is these weeds grow along with these vegetables, and the Japanese beetles prefer those over your vegetables. Oh, nice. And then you can go capture the Japanese beetles off of these weed plants yep. into a, bo- a bucket of water and feed them to your chickens. Nice. Okay? So that's what was happening. And, and now I know how to use the chickens to even plant the garden. Another quick one was... I used to put I, – I, I'll soak my feed every night for the chickens. Uh-huh. I, I, I would make it a point to leave the bucket inside of this rat-proof container. And one, one morning I went out there and I was like, oh, no, I forgot. And the bucket was out, and sure enough, a mouse was in there drowned. Right. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Chickens eat mice. That they do. 
And so there's another situation. These were two problems. Okay, I was overrun with weeds. I had abandoned this area. It was just messy. Yep. And, and, it, and it had been beautiful if you know how to look at it right. Right. Oh, my <laughs> it's gosh. It's definitely not going to pass the beauty contest. It's not going to get in uh, Organic Gardener's Magazine, right, right, on the cover. But if you want to not have to do barely any work and, and mm-hmm. reap hundreds of pounds of produce, <laughs> yep. then it is going to be on on the cover of some magazine, you know, some permaculture magazine exactly. or something amazing. Permaculture activist, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So I have a, I have an even deeper question for you. What drives you? I would say deep down the, the, the love of God and people uh-huh. and, and his green earth and the, the care and provision for my family. That's the deep drive. Yeah. And a quick second is is to make a, a big difference in the world. Big difference in the world. To be the change I want to see. To to be a positive change. To not dwell on the yep. on the negatives and what's wrong, but to start working on the positive and positives and what's right. Right. Fantastic. So I'm all about education, and I have to know: was there one book that was influential in your gardening life? The the first book I think of. The, is if I were stranded on a desert island or uh-huh. or a temperate climate island or it doesn't matter what kind of climate island and I could only have one book, it would yeah. be Bill Mollison's Intro to Permaculture. Intro to Permaculture, a fantastic book, yes. And the, the illustrations in there are incredible. And yeah. yeah. Cool. So one final piece of advice for our listeners. Focus on what's the most important at that time. Mm-hmm. And fi- figure out what's the the 80-20. I mean, it's a rule where 20% of your effort, there's a 20% part of your effort that's going to pr- produce 80% of that result. So right. on your farm, focus on what matters the most. In your business, focus what matters the most and not on, on what's the least trivial. That's what's made the biggest difference and my success on the farm and in the business. Sweet, 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 sweet. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, go to AbundantPermaculture.com, and then in the in the top of the page, and it's a little black banner there, there's a page called Permaculture Chickens film and click on that and you Uh can sign up for my email list there and get the free videos and you can always reply to one of those emails and I'll get it and we'll have a little chat. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. 
Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.